It is Wednesday, 2 p.m., which means it's time for What's Right with Sam and Ash. This is Sam, completely ashless today, uh, as it is um, – it's good. It's Ashless Wednesday. Don't worry. Uh, Ashley will be back eventually in studio with us, uh, filling in for her today. I'm I've doing brought, my best. Yeah, in. you do. I don't know just, that I can fill her shoes. You will. You will. Uh, I have a, a dear friend, Kathy Brooks, here. I'm going to just explain a little bit about why Kathy is here today. Uh, one, because I called and asked her to come, and she's the kind of friend who will show up and do this. But the other reason is, uh, as many of you know, I love downtown Las Vegas, and I love the renewal that is occurring down there in our neighborhood. I both live and work downtown Las Vegas, and I love the entire valley. I love this entire beautiful part of southern Nevada that we live in, and I I just think that the part of of Las Vegas that is this old – and that was for a period of time very run down and scary – uh, now coming back is important to all of us. And so Kathy is one of these very interesting people that who decided to come here at a at a very a critical juncture in the entire project that was coming together with Tony Shea to redevelop downtown. And she was recruited by Tony himself to start her business here in downtown Las Vegas. And she's got some incredible stories. Okay, you, you don't want to miss this. She'll be here the whole hour. So just pull up a chair, sit down, relax. We're going to tell you everything. Take a potty break now yeah. because you're not going to want to miss <laughs> no, any No, no, no. Wait, wait. 2.15, you can take a potty <laughs> okay, break. We're gonna, you know, we're, we're gonna, we, we need you right now. So, Kathy, welcome to the program. Wait, thanks for having me, Sam. Good to be here. G- great to have you. So this is, the, this is the coolest thing. You come to Vegas for a conference or you're at a conference somewhere and – Tony convinces you to move to Las Vegas. What, what's that all about? So I, I worked in Silicon Valley for, uh, for a hot minute for a number of years, and I, I had decided beginning of 2012, I was like, oh, I'm just done. I wanted to get out of tech. And I had started navigating my way through figuring out what was going to be next. So I make my way to a conference in May of 2012, and I bumped into Tony, and I said, hey, you know, just thinking of getting out of tech. I don't know what I want. He said, well, why don't you come visit us in Vegas this summer? To which I replied it was, well, I won't tell you precisely what I said. I'll keep the language clean for today. But suffice to say, I laughed at him, snorted my – almost snorted coffee out my nose. I said, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Um, why would I go to Vegas? You just invited me to the surface of the sun on vacation. He invited me to come in August. I'm like, really? You know, so I um, – and he said, no, we were doing – you know, where he explained to me about the, the downtown project, which had really just begun. They had just started the What effort. year was this? This is 2012. Okay. So they just started the process of really um, identifying, you know, Zappos was going to be moving into the old city hall building and and really identifying that this neighborhood, which there have been many attempts to to revitalize and, and replenish the neighborhood, which was the original core of Las Vegas. You know, talk to people who are born and raised here, who have lived here for decades, and they all remember Fremont Street of the 40s and the 50s and – driving up Fremont Street and cruising Fremont Street when they were kids and getting their driver's licenses. So bringing some breath to this to this old neighborhood. And so I, I came because he invited my dog 
to come with me, my dog Truman. And so I came on vacation. So it wasn't even you. It was your dog. It was really. And that was really the way things normally went. I knew I was very clear on which end of the leash was more important. It was not mine. Everyone loved Truman. Most people liked me fine enough. But Truman was a very well-liked character. So 2012. And you're living in San Francisco. And I think this is a fascinating part of the story because a lot of us that live here now and maybe came from somewhere else, like I did from Southern California, when we tell our friends uh, back home that we've moved to Vegas, we're thinking of moving to Vegas, what we get are a bunch of guffaws, right? We get – we get – I got Snarky. a lot of crickets. I got a lot of crickets. crickets. I got a lot of weight. You're going but where to, to, to do what? <laughs> people were bewildered, right? Correct. Why would you go to Vegas? So you so what sold you on coming here? So I rolled into town August first of twenty twelve and um I had gone down to LA for about a week to hang with some friends and then drove in from LA. We got into town Truman and I around six thirty. And I open the door of the car, and I am hit immediately with the blast furnace that is early August of Las Vegas. You know, like I've just stepped into the window of a, a convection oven. And, um, you know, I was here for about 10 days. And over the course of the 10 days that I was here, I was involved in the downtown community. So I was staying at the Ogden, where the downtown project had set up a bunch of the apartments there as essentially free hotel rooms for people who would come to town. The only ask of me was that I give to the community while I was here. So I set up office hours one day and I met with startups that needed help with marketing and PR because that's what I did in my old life. I uh, gave a talk on a Saturday morning in the little theater space that Tony had set up in the place that he had, he where he was living in the top floor of the Ogden. Something like 75 people showed up at eight o'clock in the morning on a Saturday for a th- two and a half, three hour workshop on storytelling and public relations and how to build a story. And I look around the room and I who are you people? It's eight o'clock on a Saturday morning in Vegas. Isn't everyone supposed to be hung over? Like I just, it really started to occur to me as I was here that there is the Vegas that everyone knows, right? Because there has been, you know, an enormous effort in marketing and the convention bureau does a brilliant job and their marketing agencies, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas and there's the strip and there's the showgirls and there's the sparkles and there's the show and all of that. And there is also a city here of a lot of people, many of whom have nothing to do with gaming, have nothing to do with entertainment. They live, you know, I'll say normal lives, regular lives like you would in any other city. And they raise their kids and they go to Little League and they go to restaurants and they go away for the summer. stay. And so what I found when I was here was something completely unexpected. It was a community of people who, who it felt like a small town but it's a city of 2.2 million people. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, by the way, if you're just tuning in, What's Right show with Sam and Ash, talking to Kathy Brooks. Now, I haven't shared this yet because it's skipping ahead in the story, but I'm going to do it because you are the proprietor of the – Do you need me to show you the back of my hoodie so you can remember the No, name? no. It's the Hydrant <laughs> Club, yes. which is – well, I always I always misrepresent what the Hydrant Club is. <laughs> what is the Hydrant Club? Clearly, I'm not marketing to you properly, Sam. So uh, the Hydrant Club, we are an educational facility. I like to say that we are for dogs and their humans. And our role is to facilitate better relationships for people and their dogs. Okay, so can I just be – I'm going to say this. You are – I know this. You are brilliant with dogs. You are like the dog whisperer. When we meet up for coffee – 
and we're out at one of the spots where we meet up, and, and there's a dog there, and you know, and you just immediately, you first of all, you know everything about the dog, uh, and and then you are very good at talking to people because I think you, you know you would agree that a lot of the behavior problems that both kids and dogs have. I say this as a as a father of three children and as a dog parent that. Most of the problems that kids have and dogs have typically start with the adults in the equation and the human adults. So you're very good at that, and that's – but that wasn't what you were doing in San Francisco, So you, but you always, you always loved that. And so what, when you met Tony Shane, this is something – again, we'll get into this more. It's so important because there's a lot of us here that have heard the name Tony Shea, that have heard that he was involved with the downtown project, that have heard that he's this you know, important – guy that figures into the landscape of all and we know that he tragically died last year but a lot of us don't realize that he specifically went out and recruited individuals like you to start seeding and building a, a and revitalizing a community that had been dead for a while so i when we come back i want to get into that in your perspective plus i will tell you the phone number here uh, is 800-245-2100. If you have any – this is your opportunity, too, to ask dog-related questions. If you want to call and ask Kathy about your dog, you got some dog problems, she will answer your question. 800-245-2100. I didn't even ask if you're going to do that, but I'm just telling you you're going to do that. <laughs> All right. Do it. We'll be back right after this. What's right with Sam and Ash on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Make your mornings right. Glenn Beck at 6. Vegas at 8 with Alan Stock. And Dana at 9. Breaking news, thought starters, and opinions for Southern Nevada. News Talk 840, KXNT. Stay connected. Yo, welcome back. This is Sam with What's Right Show with Sam and Ash. No Ash today, but in her stead, we have Kathy Brooks. Hello. And Kathy is um, the owner of a wonderful business in downtown Las Vegas called The Kennel. No, I always mess this up. You do this all the time. You're fired. You're fired. The Hydrant Club. The Hydrant Club. And this is part of – this business was developed part of the downtown project that was led by Tony Shea. And before we – before the break, we were talking about Tony and and his – really his effect and, and, and the results that he brought into downtown, and we were getting into that. But I also want to just step back here a little bit because I have friends. I have friends who live in Henderson. You I have, have friends. Fr- you have friends? Yeah, I do. I have friends. I, they live in Henderson. They live up in Summerlin. They live uh, even in North Las Vegas. And, and, I, and we always have this conversation. Okay, so, so Sam, I know you're in downtown. I know you've got an office in downtown. You talk about it all the time. I go, but I never go down there. And I said, it doesn't matter if you go there or don't go there. What, what is happening in downtown and what, what has happened there in the last 10 years is of extreme relevance to you. And this is why. I believe that urban centers, you know, if, if you don't have a core of a city, if you don't have a vibrant downtown, all you have is a loose – collection of suburbs and i come from orange county where I, I was raised i wasn't born there but i was raised there and i can tell you that a loose collection of suburbs is lame okay it's just lame it's 
and by the way, I was so funny. My grandfather, my, my, my grandparents all lived in Europe, born and raised in Europe, would come and visit us. And I lived in a city called Irvine in California. And my grandfather comes to town. And he says, Sam, well, I'm little. He goes, tells my parents, I want to see downtown Irvine. And my parents are like, well, what, what do you is mean? that? What there is isn't. That? There isn't. And they go, okay, well, tell me where City Hall is. Of course, City Hall is in, in, in basically an office park, right? And he was very disappointed by this. But the thing about it is, is, is if if your entire life just centers around a shopping mall or around a, you know, I, I don't know, an artificially created area, you don't have soul and you don't have life. And the most important thing now that's occurring, because in the ten years since you've been here, you've seen. How as downtown is beginning to rise, as you know, things that started small by seeding little businesses, bars, your you know, pet clinic, whatever, whatever it would be called, right? It's you just can't get that right. Can I you? can't get it right. <laughs> but now it's resulted in a billion dollar investment. We let's be honest. I mean, Circa probably would not be here. Would not Derek Stevens would not be putting that kind of money into Fremont Street. Were it not for all the other little growth that occurred beforehand, which in turn then, as as the city grows and continues to grow, now makes everybody's property more valuable and makes our neighborhoods more desirable and also makes Vegas more than just the the description you gave last segment, which is what a lot of people still sure. on the outside raise their eyebrows and kind of go, what, what are you guys all Well, about? I think what a lot of people also – what's important to remember about the city of Las Vegas, which became a city in the early 1900s, so it's been around for a minute as a metropolitan area, that the physical area in which we sit, it was – you know, desert and ranch land reverts engineered into places where people lived, and so – the original urban planners of the city of Las Vegas were ranchers. They weren't urban planners from, you know, you look at the the grid of a New York or a Boston or a Chicago or even a Seattle or a Portland, and you've got a, gr- a grid, like you've got an urban grid. That's how you build a city, and it's very tight at the center, very dense at the center, and it kind of gets more diffuse as you go to the out- outskirts, and then you have suburban sprawl that goes beyond that. We reverse engineered, right? So we went from a, a wide, sprawling state to coming closer and closer and closer together, and and the original development, if you look at some of the older neighborhoods, what are they? They're split-level ranch houses that are miniaturized on smaller parcels of land. You know, they're not on 200 acres. They're on a quarter of an acre, right? So you you still have this very horizontal experience of living. And what's happened in the last, say, 15 years or so, you know, give or, give or take, is this move to go vertical. So you have the high-rises that start coming into play and you start having an urban density that, you know, because to get urban density, you need to go vertical. You don't, there's only so horizontal you can go to have urban density in that direction. And cities are vertically stacked. That's just physically, you have a tight geographical area. And so what's been really interesting. And from my perspective, when I got here with my dog in the summer of 2012, and I was in downtown and they're talking about all these glorious visions for this walkable community based downtown, I thought this is going to be a nightmare because none of these dogs or people have any sort of experience of living tightly packed. You can't just take people who – or dogs for that matter, especially dogs that are accustomed to this wide horizontal spacing and throw them in tight spaces together. It it will be z- disastrous. And so the reason that I came, the idea that I had for the business was to create 
an educational space to help ease that transition. And I'm glad to report nine years later, you know, we're still on the corner of Ninth and Fremont. We've now withstood a pandemic. Business is growing. I mean, it's we're probably going to cap membership in the next six months. So you better hurry up with your dogs, by the way, Sam, because, you know, tick, tick, (laughs) tick, 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 just saying. So, you know, that this idea of what we're doing, you know, this idea of an urban center and the mayor's Goodman, you know, so Oscar and, you know, now Carolyn after after Oscar have this very brilliant view of the downtown as the heart, as the literal heartbeat of the city. I mean, the, the Smith Center is yeah. called the heart of the arts, and it's in downtown. Yeah, so. I didn't realize that you came here to set up a re-education camp for dogs to learn how to that live. That sounds awful. Live with, well. It's a country club, Sam. It's a country it's club. It's Harvard for crying It's a country loud. club, but we're teaching them how to live in a city. So what, do you, what does that entail? I mean, what, what all, what all did do you, you say teach them? Ta- did you say entail? Entail. When, when I embarked on this adventure? And how I many more puns are we going to use here, Sam? You're listening to What's Right Show with Sam and Ash here on KXNT AM840. We've got Kathy Brooks, the proprietress of the Kennel Club. No, the Hydrant Club. Thank you. I'm terrible. I I also want to, after the break, get into the challenges of having a business downtown. We mm. lament about this, and it's and it's tough, right? Because challenges beca- because of people people. Um, so I, I want to get into that because I, and sadly there's some funny stories that are, are funny, I think to other people, not necessarily to us. Now you are, are you okay taking some questions about, cause you're brilliant with dogs. You're the, okay. the top dog psychologist here in town and I, you really are. Can we take some calls? Sure. If people call in and have a, a question about how to get their dog to do walk, X to yeah. clean their room. How, Make can him we a do something like that? So if you'd like, if you'd like to talk to Kathy about this, 800-245-2100, please call in. Um, we have someone on the line. Hi, this is Sam. And this is Kathy. I don't know what I that think, was. I think that was um, a person pretending to be a dog barking the song staying alive if i'm not mistaken i think and actually if that was really a dog barking staying alive they should call america's got talent because i think they might be looking for an act exactly like that yeah beautiful um as you said before the problem usually resides on one end of the leash and it doesn't it's not the one with four legs i love it there is actually there's actually nothing better than live radio I love live radio. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So there you go. Um, all right. Um, that was funny. This is not television, and he didn't like, drop his pants. Or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows what he was oh, doing? Goodness oh, gracious. No, no, no. That's great. Um, so anyway, uh, Tony, mm-hmm. what he did, Tony Shea, he didn't come in and just helicopter a lot of money. No, down. no. Tony, Tony had been here in Las Vegas for a number of years already with Zappos when he – so he was – People people mistakenly think he was the founder of Zappos. He was not. He was one of the original investors in Zappos. And uh, so when he took the helm of Zappos a number of years in and moved Zappos from the city of San Francisco here to Las Vegas, a 24-hour town, customer service, they wanted to have all of that you know, kind of in play. They had been in Henderson, in, in a space in Henderson, and they were quickly outgrowing it and needed to move. So Tony was having a conversation with um, a friend of his who was – very involved in ve- even very early downtown, you know, had opened a couple of businesses. And um, and in that process, 
found a location where they could move Zappos, which was the old city hall. And that's really how the process began. He was already here and committed to Las Vegas. Yeah, but I get all that. But I think what's neat is that he went on such a micro level of talking to individuals who he found interesting. And I think you've used the word he was a curator of of humans, of talent, and attracting them to this to this urban center that was neglected and was frankly a disaster at that time. So I w- we'll talk more about that. And of course, if you'd like your dog to come and sing on the show, by all means, call in 800-245-2100 or ask a question of Kathy. Sam Rajovsky here with the What's Right show with Sam and Ash back right after this. Here we go. It's Sam Marjofsky and the What's Right Show with Sam and Ash. No Ash today, just Sam. That'd be me. Also, my friend Kathy Brooks here from the downtown Hydrant Club. You got it right. I got it right this time. It only took you six times. That was very exciting. Thanks, goodness. And you're listening to News Talk, AM840 KXNT. Thanks for joining us. So we are – we're talking about a few different things. We, uh, Kathy, I'm just – I'm always impressed with how you – are what you're able to do with dogs, and I see it in action around town. So, again, if you've got a dog question for uh, Kathy, please don't call in, and uh, she'll gladly take it, 800-245-2100. Uh, but I, before I do that, I I love, you know, because of the show, we always try to feature good things that are happening in our community. Going back to, to Tony Shea and the, and the downtown project and redeveloping downtown – you know, I will have people that come to my office downtown who have lived here for a while, and the, almost without fail will go, wow, you should have seen this place 20 years ago. Should have seen it eight years ago. And I – that's what I've heard as well. Yeah. And, and I remember a story I heard um, I heard about, about Tony Shea as they were working on, on kind of laying out a plan for where to seed businesses. Do you know the metric that his team used to determine whether an area was safe? It was interesting. They they would measure the number number of young you know parents with strollers because their their theory was right. If you can make a street safe enough, perception wise, right, for a, a mother to take her baby in. Uh, a stroller and and walk up and down it, then then you've created you've created an uh, an environment that is is safe for everybody, Correct. and and you know when when the arts district where my office is was just an assortment of of abandoned garages, you didn't go there during the day, let alone at night. Now and on Friday we're going to have an incredible First Friday. You know, this is a an, an event put on by the First Friday organization every Friday uh, over on the corner, right across the street from my office, uh, at Charleston and um, and Casino Center Arts Way over there on the other side of Charleston from me. And it's it's incredible. Of course, um, this Friday will be October one, and um, and there will be a a, a memorial and uh, and an event. The, based the memorial on that. garden is actually yeah. right there, as and well. it's and it's right there. So. But but you know the idea of twenty five thousand people coming mm-hmm. to an event 
downtown. Downtown. So first was Friday unheard, was unheard of ten years. First ago. Friday was still fairly new. It had been around for for a little bit when I first got here. Um, and watching how the arts district has evolved in the time since I arrived, you know, the way they used to do it is they would, you know, Tony would invite a bunch of people to town, and we'd all be placed into different, you know, units at the Ogden. And one of the many, he had this series of, of like old school buses that had been essentially retrofitted. Each one had a different theme. And they'd roll the, the school bus up to the front of the Ogden and they'd you know, load us all on. And, um, you know, they'd take us on tours of different things. And they would drive us down, you know, drive us down to First Friday and, you know, kind of disgorge into the arts district to wander around. And I remember thinking to myself, where am I? You know, wh- what is this place? Who are these? Who are these people? Because it wasn't. Any of the things that I had expected, you know, I had, like many people in the tech industry, spent lots of time coming to Las Vegas over the years. It was essentially McCarran Airport, taxi hotel, conference, conference center, one or another, some bar, some club, some restaurant, back to the hotel, rinse and repeat the next day, do that for four days, go home, dump my entire suitcase into the dry cleaning bag, you know, to get rid of the smell of, you know, booze and, and smoke. And rinse and repeat and come back again. And so this idea of of a town here, and I've been very, very blessed to get to know people who are multi-generation Nevadans, whose, you know, grandparents and great-grandparents came here and who, you know, were part of the initial development of this area. And, you know, to hear the stories and to see that this is a town, as we saw on October 1st in 2017, that this is a city that when push comes to shove, it is a city that rallies around, that supports its neighbors. Um, it is it is the kind of town where that was actually that how the city reacted to that scenario was was really the, what sealed the deal for me to say, yeah, um, this is my home. These are my people. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of us that have moved here have had a similar moment, and it's very simple. We come here, we we are doing business here, whatever, and we start meeting people, and we fall in love with the people because. The most important part of a town are are the human beings in it, at least for me, I think for you and for a lot of others. Speaking and, and the dogs. And the dogs. And the dogs. And the dogs. So And the cats. Let you know, I'm not a I'm I'm open to cats also. Nah. Occasionally. Okay. Depending on the cat. Maybe I, the guinea pigs and hamsters. Maybe maybe I'm an equal opportunity animal lover. Maybe kitties. All right, fine. So we have we have that and I, I agree and we have that as a as a shared as a shared background. Now the challenges, though, mm-hmm. right? We talk about now the good that's come, and and the right that's come from all of this redevelopment. Now, there, it's not easy, and there have been a number of challenges, and those challenges exist, you know, fairly significantly now. What would you say as a as a business owner operating downtown? What are some of the things that have been frustrating to you? That's one of those questions where you say, I don't even know where to start. So, you know, I think one of the things that's been challenging in the Fremont East Corridor in in particular, um, you know, our city has an enormous homeless population, enormous challenge with homelessness, as I think many major metropolitan cities do now. Unfortunately, the pandemic did not make that any better. It made it worse. Um, And we have certain situations that happen downtown. There's, you know, one particular area right down the block from me where um, the homeless are fed every morning, which is, to be clear, amazing and wonderful and good and true and people who need services should get them. And what happens because those services are being provided without any 
uh, boundaries around them, no trash cans, no security, then what happens is refuse waste, human waste, vandalism, and, and that has become unfortunately, through the pandemic, an exponential problem in the free money. Yeah, so I mean, look, I'm hearing you, and you're being really, really diplomatic because you're a much nicer person than I am. I'm just getting warmed up, Sam. So I'm going (laughs) to, so I'm, well, we don't have time to get warmed up. This is, this is a a quick hour radio, so we got to get to it. So you have, I will tell you this, it's absolutely taking care of the homeless is right and, and is what's right. Correct. Also, what's not right is, um, human waste on the sidewalk. And by the way, you as being from San Francisco, I would appreciate my my favorite joke uh, of all time, which is uh, is it a funny? Is it an actually no? Funny it's joke? an actually funny joke okay, because good. it's the, the the joke about San Francisco is it's the only city in the world where dogs have to worry about stepping in human feces. And now I'm that's I'm not co- funny. It's disgusting, and unfortunately, because it's and true. it's true, and yeah. it's true, and so that's not the San Francisco I left, by the way. I know that, and that's by the way, that's for another conversation. Yeah. But but what I, and Learning from that, right? Because I too remember I, there was a time, in, a period in time when I was looking to go to law school potentially in San Francisco, and I, I was excited to move there. Uh, we had young kids and everything, and the reason it got let go, and I'm just going to put on my 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 reality hat here. The reason San Francisco got cleaned up and then redeteriorated again was because we stopped policing small petty lower level crime we you know it's not okay it's not illegal to be homeless but it's not okay to to defecate on a sidewalk right putting it perfectly bluntly or throw landscaping rockets at rocks in people's break, heads or yeah, break window or break windows or Absolutely. break lighting fixtures and and i Welcome think i think the you yeah. know the the look the the revitalization downtown helped us uh, was uh, the result of a i think a really positive partnership between Private enterprise, represented by Tony Shea and many others, and also a a pragmatic government. And by the way, on Friday I'm going to have Mayor Goodwin Goodwin on the uh, the the program Goodman on the program because I'm looking forward to talking to her. Well, we were going to be talking about for, you know obviously October one, uh, but I I am also looking forward to talking to her about maybe some of this if she's got a minute because I think it's I think this is a, a this is how we keep our city on the right path. We've got to take a quick break, uh, but I, I, I welcome your reaction to this when we come back because, um, again, I'm – I do I'm, have something yeah. maybe not so nice to say. Okay. <laughs> this is What's Right Show with Sam and Ash. We'll be back right after this. Discover hundreds of exclusive music stations for music fans, built by music fans, only on Odyssey. Find your new daily groove or weekend mood on the Odyssey app, brought to you in part by Macy's, Geico, and Coke Zero Sugar. And you're listening to the What's Right Show with Sam and Ash on News Talk AMA 40 KXNT. In for Ash today is Kathy Brooks. And I'm going to get it right now. It's the Hydrant Club downtown, a fantastic doggy day spa slash rehabilitation clinic. Okay, so you got half of it right. You got the name right this time. Re- re-education camp for dogs <laughs> learning to live in the brave new world of a more urban Las Vegas. I think I got all that down from what you were telling me earlier. I don't even have words for that. No words. <laughs> um, Kathy, how do people find you? 
Uh, the good news is I, we are blissfully simple to find. We are at hydrantclub.com on ye old internet. We're also just Hydrant Club on Instagram as well as Twitter, also on Facebook. We're at the corner of 9th and Fremont Street. Because we're a private educational facility, you can't just kind of show up at the door, though, so you do have to come with an appointment. But we're pretty pretty simple to find. And um, do, we also have a 15-foot-tall fire hydrant on the corner, which makes the location That helps. Every time I'm to, driving yes. down there, I'm like, oh, that's where, that's where Kathy is. Um, and you never do stop by. I just want to... I just want to mention. No, I don't. But uh, apparently, I need an appointment. That's so. I'm well, you're just, you're my fr- you're Sam. You don't even appointment. So just I'm on the door. by the way. Follow Kathy. Yeah, Hydrant Club here. This a lot of cute dog pics. Question: Do the dogs while they're at school? Do they have to wear a mask like my kids do? They do not. COVID is not zoonotic to did, canines. Did, so did no. the governor neglect to include dogs in his edict? Is that what I'm hearing here? Uh, no, no. They'd, they'd be if it were a cat facility, they might have to because COVID does transmit to cats. But it does not to dogs. There are no, that's been a no, lie. Been no cases. Been no cases. Do you know like, that anecdotal? When, do you remember when this uh, broke? I'm going back to even before it got here when it was original news was coming out of China. People were throwing their pets off of balconies. Yes, they were worried that the dogs were in fact the vectors. Uh, no, the vector was some sloppy lab technician who decided that they weren't going to be very smart about the wow. lab where they worked. So, so speaking of sloppy, human, 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 human oh, error. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of sloppy, are we going to sloppy? Or no, are we going I'm going to, humans to or both? I'm going to sloppy humans. I, I, no. you know, I'm. We were talking just before the break about San Francisco as a parallel of the city that had 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 improved itself, gotten to a place where. Uh, by Tony Shea's own metric, making a city safe. If you see young moms with strollers, it was a place where moms with stro- strollers would walk around. Uh, I I remember as a kid, Union Square being kind of a Sherwood of sorts, and then as I became a young adult, a beautiful place, and now regressing again. And we were, you know, and I think there's a lesson in there. There's something there for us here in Vegas, and. And I, you know, because look, we do have a crime problem, and and crime again. This is my opinion. Well, there's it, crime and there's vagrancy. To your point from before, being homeless is not a crime, but the petty things that are perpetrated sometimes, not always, but sometimes by the people who are in that community, whether it's defecation, urination, vandalism, breaking windows, leaving garbage, whatever the case may be, you know, it's not it's not okay. And it's the city's job. It's the it's the it's the 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 municipal organizations are responsible for keeping maintaining the peace. I know a lawyer who was so fed up with the poop in front of his office downtown that he began scooping it up and dropping it in front of city hall. Now this guy is famous for this. I won't name him, but his first name is Jerry. He's a great friend, and he got himself in a little bit of hot trouble uh, with that. But. Um, but I would I drop think, it at a specific council person's office is what I would do. So let me ask you this. When you see stuff happening downtown that is not vagrancy but are criminal acts perpetrated mm-hmm. by whomever, what do you what do you do? Do you when, do you call the police? What what what's your what's your protocol? I'm just curious about yeah, this. Yeah. So um I grew up my mom always said when there's a problem call the police, right? That's what you do. That's what their that's their role, their responsibility and you know, I am – you're probably not going to find a much bigger fan of local law enforcement 
and then me, Metro, the marshals, the sheriffs, um, mad respect for all of the men, deep, deep gratitude, deep, deep gratitude for the men and women in, in these organizations and knowing how busy they are and how overextended they are and how stressed they are. I can't even imagine what that work is like. And so, and so I say this with no meaning, no disrespect, but there are times where I've called, you know, I have a vagrant who broke into my trash enclosure and is refusing to leave. I have someone who is defecating in front of my property and threatening my clients, someone who's threatening me. Um, and I call the police and in many cases get no response. I mean, I'll get a dispatcher on the phone, but nobody will come. There is a security company downtown with which my property is aligned because I'm a, a downtown Downtown Project is my landlord as well as my business partner. So there's a security company that's part of that. So I'll call them. Sometimes they can come and sometimes they don't. I mean, they've one patrol car for all of downtown. So during the course of the last year and a half in particular, which has been very reminiscent of how things were when I first opened. So when I first opened in 2012, 2013, it was a demilitarized zone down there. The Container Park didn't exist. Fremont 9 wasn't there. You know, all the stuff at the Ferguson, the the llama lot that's there between 9th and 10th wasn't even paved yet. You know, you could literally see tumbleweeds. And so, you know, I was carrying, you know, protection. And What kind of protection? A German Shepherd? Uh, no. no uh, for me, it was a taser and a baseball bat. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, real up, real up close and personal. Heads like, up, guys. Do not mess with Kathy. Yeah, I have a bat and I know how to swing it. Um, and so, and so that's what it was. And then those things had gone away for a number of years and the pandemic hit. Yeah. And in the last eight to nine months in particular, so not even year and a half, but really beginning of the pandemic, there was no one around, but in the last eight, nine months, as things have started coming back, um, I have had about a half a dozen occasions where I've had literally had rocks thrown at my head. Um, I've had to physically defend myself two or three times. Um, you know, I, it's, and I call, and I call authority figures, but when no one shows up, what am I supposed to do? Just let it happen. I've got clients, I've got staff I have to keep safe. Yeah. I'm going to say. clients that I have to keep safe as well. And if people don't feel safe, they won't come. Now my business is safe. My clients say, Kathy, if my clients, I walked out one day and I come strutting out and I got my bat and the client said, you know what? I don't feel safe with my dog anywhere else. Because I know that anybody who's going to mess with my dog is going to go through you to do it, and that's not going to end well for them. But I have to tell you, it's exhausting. And at a certain point, you have to wonder if if there's certain, you know, you know, I'm not going to throw any particular individuals under the bus, but, you know, ribbon cuttings are great, but it's not doing government work. Yeah, I want to say something about this because for me, it's not political party on this. It's about dedication to the city and making the city a better place. And so we're going to get more into the details because this, we, we really do want to champion the right thing and the cause of Las Vegas and our town. That's what Ashley and I want to do. That's why we put our business downtown. We, we, you know, we started off in a, in a high rise and then we, we moved to downtown. So and you wanted I, to be near yeah, me. And I, I want mean, to be near you. But, I, but I, I really think there are a number of absolutely worthless, do-nothing politicians – that go to go to the ribbon cuttings. I see them at the fancy restaurants at lunch every day, meeting with their little you know little clique. And these are people that, I mean, could be one election away from being mayor. And it terrifies me 
because this city and all of its progress that it's made and all the investment that people like you and others have put in is threatened, existentially threatened by simply numbnut idiots that are coming in and talking a big talk. They get elected because they they fly the flag of inclusivity and diversity and all the catchwords that sound good. But, you know, none of that matters a hill of beans if you don't feel safe on your street. What do you think? Just yes. I am, um, you know, for me, I don't propose to know what it's like to sit in a city council seat because I never have. I do know um, most of the members. I know all of the members of council and have a great degree of respect for pretty much all of them as well. Um, I have a great degree of frustration um, with people who say one thing but then do not follow through or who don't respond to emails, don't respond to emails. And then the response that you get to an email like the one I got last night about a matter that I'm dealing with right now where, oh, wait, we thought you were taking care of that. Unbelievable. Well, we are going to continue to follow this because we – I mean one of our one of our core purposes with this show is to support small businesses that are making the city better. Yours is one of those businesses, Kathy, and we will, we, we, we will do whatever it takes to make your corner there better, and uh, we'll follow up on this as we go along. All right. That's it. Another fast, beautiful hour of radio. So what's right with Sam and Ash. We'll be back tomorrow.